0: Welcome to the Four Freedom Podcast I found my freedom in you I found a joy I can't lose And thank God it's true you wrapped your arms around me and heaven broke through from the moment you found me I found my freedom in you This podcast exists. Bring the freedom of the gospel for everyday Christians with everyday issues. Now, here are your hosts, John Hollyfield and James Safrut.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Four Freedom Podcast. I am your host, John Hollyfield, along with your other host, James Safrut, and we are here in the month of May with our subject in the month of May. We've covered James. What is we've covered uh, freedom and marriage, freedom and parenting. Marriage, freedom And and freedom and anxiety. Anxiety, yes.
0: And now we are jumping into May is considered uh, Mental Illness Awareness. Mental Health. Mental Health, sorry, Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. uh, So we are going to discuss over the next couple of weeks in May um, on mental illness, what that looks like. Is there help for it? Is there hope for it? We've got at least one interview lined up. We're working on a second interview um, we're going to try to work it in in May as well. If not, it may be the first of June, and then uh, we are. Uh, yeah.
1: So yeah, we're we're um, we're going to look at a mental illness uh, and mental health from a biblical framework, a biblical worldview, and uh, but before we get into that, James, how you been?
0: Doing well, John. It's uh, been and I'm preaching this coming Sunday on Mother's Day um, for our families, for being able to honor our parents, our moms that day. Uh, We've got graduation Sunday coming up. Um, We just filled up, John, our camp for our youth. We have all of our camp spots filled. Um, We've got four teenagers that um, don't really attend our church regularly, signed up. I had a parent last night come up to me, and uh, they've been coming to youth for the last couple of weeks and uh, just enjoying it. We've been talking through um, worry a little bit on uh, on Wednesday night with youth, and uh, she said they've been enjoying it, and so they are planning on coming to camp with us, and so it's a great time for us to be able to um, influence them a little bit. And uh, just finished up our football season we finished three and five, and uh, was able to honor our football players last week, and so it's been been fun. And coming to the close of our school year, my kids have I think twelve days of school left, and so they're getting ready for summer break. We'll be going to New Orleans in June for the convention, and uh, got a, just such a busy summer. Uh, our summers are always slam packed, and so we are looking forward to it. And spending time with some with our family and with our teenagers, and so it's going to be great. John, how about you? Uh,
1: been doing good. Uh, in April, we had birthdays in our in our house in April, so did a lot of things there. And uh, the church has been doing well, and they just voted to take me on another day. Many of you guys know that I'm bivocational. And so the church has voted to take me on an extra day at the church so that my schedule changed a little bit. So I'm one more day working at the church, one less day working at my secular job. So uh, that's been a good time and, and happy about that. But um, but yeah, things have been going great and uh, excited to get into this subject. This is a subject that uh, I'm passionate about and also want to uh, show compassion um, mm-hmm. To this, I mean, um, James and I wanted to cover this because of the month of May being National Mental uh, Mental Health Awareness Day or Men- Mental Health Awareness Month, and we are uh, the subject of our podcast does speak into the realm of uh, mental health and and to that, and so we wanted to cover this and and understanding that um, uh, w- trying to help us think critically about all things, we should think critically about all things and 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 especially this, and I feel like this is probably the one area where you find a lot less people willing to think critically in, and, um, and we are by no means people who uh, totally say that people don't struggle with mental issues uh, at all. Uh, we, we, in fact, our desire to become biblical counselors are very much in the vein of, of understanding that, that people struggle with, with things like this. So um, where are we going to go with this? Uh, we'll see. This could be a little bit of a mess, but we're going to try to jump into <laughs> it. Uh, but I have yeah. a couple of articles in front of me that I want to look at. I want to start off with, this is an article. This is not a biblical worldview. I want to sort of discern a little bit of a biblical worldview with there with a secular worldview. And this is an article from psychiatry.org uh, titled, What is Mental Illness? And so I, as I, I'm going to go through some things I highlighted in this article, but I'm, I'm gonna point out some things where I find disagreement, but I'm gonna find some i'm gonna point out some things where I would you know i I very much so agree to help you sort of think through some of these things of those of us that have a sound theology a biblical theology and this subject so I have seen people that 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 go to the Bible and, and develop a, a robust theology that they seem to like check that theology at the door a lot of times when it comes to mental issues and mental health because they don't deem it qualified, that that's only supposed to be left to the quote-unquote professionals. So let's Mm -hmm. look at this. Uh, Mental illnesses, this is the definition it gives about mental illness. Mental illnesses are health conditions. I -hmm. sort of highlighted that word, health conditions, involving changes in emotion, thinking, or behavior, or a combination of these. Mental illnesses can be associated with distress and or problems functioning in social, work, or family activities, and uh, I think this is interesting because this is important to remember. Um, of the ideal, uh, the idea that is coming here, the concept is that what you're, what is being pushed and what you, they're wanting you to accept, is that mental illness. It's called an illness. Mental health is a health condition. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an idea of trying to normalize and, and, and get everybody to be on the same page that things that are going on mentally, as they say, is on the same level as medical conditions with your body. Okay? Now, this is, again, some of this stuff I'm going to agree with, some of this stuff I, I want to challenge you to think about. Uh, it also says mental illness is a medical problem, just like heart disease, or diabetes, mm-hmm. okay? I want to refer – there's a, uh, a guy who is in the biblical counseling world. He's a medical doctor. His name is Dr. Charles Hodges. Uh, Dr. Charles Hodges wrote a book called Good Mood, Bi- Good Mood, Bad Mood, and it is a book that sort of uh, looks at the subject of bipolar disorder. He writes in here as a, as a medical doctor. He says that a definition of disease, a medical 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 illness, is this. Here's the definition: a pathological change in the body must be objective, a disorder of structure or function that produces specific signs or symptoms that affects a specific location and is not simply a direct result of physical injury. That is the definition of a medical illness. Now, understand that definition. A pathological change must be objective. Basically this, it is a change in the body that is obstructing things, that is disordering things, that you can run an objective test and discern right you can take a blood culture you can take a blood sample you can take a what they call a lot of times biopsy and you can determine objectively
0: mm-hmm.
1: hey this is what's going on now now that's the definition of a medical illness now the surgeon general says that a mental illness is difficult to diagnose because there is no pathological change in the body now what i'm trying to say is this the thing we have to be careful of uh, being listen I'm uh, using the terms I'm not wholesale rejecting don't uh, we need to be careful of and very and thinking through mm-hmm. is that when it comes to the medical illness and the mental illness is there a pathological objective reason that we can point to for the illness, for this, for the the quote unquote uh, disordered thing that is going on, and when it comes to what has been wholesale accepted as mental illness, the majority of the time there is not. And yeah. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about that. Uh, they, they go on to decide mental health involves effective functioning and daily activities resulting in productive activities, healthy relationships, ability to adapt to change and cope with adversity. Here's, here's a little bit of pushback on that, James, a little bit of pushback. Here's the pushback. What's the objective standard of who decides what's normal in these three areas? Productive activities, healthy relationships, the ability to adapt to change and cope with adversity.
0: Well, either that person or the
1: doctor. <laughs> but what objective standard are they using to determine what it, is normal? It, it's what the, their their own idea of it. It's their own reasoning.
0: Exactly. In
1: life. Yeah. And so this can be very concerning to me because it's not objective. It's very actually subjective. Yeah. And quite honestly, I think if you study this subject. As it's gone through history, you find that this has changed mm-hmm. a lot as times have changed. Yeah. What used to be considered productive no, activities no is longer very <laughs> very different to now than what is considered productive activities. What is used to be considered healthy relationships
0: mm-hmm. may
1: not be considered healthy relationships anymore. Um, ability to adapt to change and cope with adversity very interesting too. Mental illness refers collectively. Go ahead,
0: James. Yeah. Change and cope with adversity. The only thing I would push back a little bit on that is if at one time you were able to, um, you know, able to change, able to cope with things, and now all of a sudden you are getting bogged down with the ability to change. Maybe it was, um, the, you know, I think it's a a postpartum depression. We're going to talk about it. That's one of the definitions there uh, that we're going to look at. You know, I've got someone who there's a medical, you know, a mom's natural response to a baby is to love, cherish, and care for that baby. And all of a sudden, they have the baby and they go through this separation of postpartum where they don't want to have anything to do with that child. Well, that's adversity that's coming in their life that is measurable, that's seen that can be diagnosed that can be worked on. And so I believe there are some areas where this is measurable, but there's also areas where it's tough to measure and it's tough to see.
1: I'm going to push back on your pushback. Good head. All right. All right. So, push back is. a little bit, son. Push back. All right. Postpartum depression. Okay? Postpartum depression okay. has been a label that has been given to what you just said. A lady has a child and experiences a flood of emotions, emotions that would seem like this is not normal. Why am I having these thoughts? Sometimes lasting a very long time after the baby's born and struggle. Mm -hmm. I believe that the whole label postpartum depression has been identified and labeled because of a worldview issue. Mainly, a worldview issue of where we don't understand, a a worldview issue where there's no concept of the biblical worldview of Genesis 3, Mm -hmm. the fall. What is Genesis 3? In the fall, what happens in Genesis 3 with a mother and childbearing? It says that there will be multiplied great sorrow and childbearing. And in the old days, they used to categorize postpartum depression like this. They used to say this the baby blues. You ever heard that? I have, yeah. Yeah, the baby blues, because they just (laughs) recognized it as that was not disordered. It was normal. It Mm -hmm. happens. And I think a biblical worldview recognizes that postpartum depression is nothing wrong with the mother, it's actually part of the sorrow that goes along with childbirth.
0: Yeah.
1: And there are things like, and you did mention, you said there's, there's some things that you can help with that and that kind of thing. But again, I think that falls into the line of where they struggle to categorize a biblical worldview of suffering and mm-hmm. the fall with what they're setting a bar, a subjective bar of what's Supposed to be like okay, you have the baby, uh, you should be acting normal after month nine. Yeah. After you stop nursing the baby, the mom should be fine. Yeah. Why? You know, and 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 yes, I think that there's there's it, it, it's it can be a little bit tricky because some of it can be physiological, some of it can be spiritual. But I think to sit there and label one or the other, I think that you're 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 really missing the point that mm-hmm. that specific issue. Really has to do with the uh, biblical, biblical worldview of sorrow, and that I don't think a mother should feel should feel bad about experiencing that. But I think that a mother should um, should um, try to to find uh, hope and help within yeah. sisters in the body of Christ or family. Yeah. Um, but again, that's a sidetrack. I know that we, and this is going to happen probably a lot. I mean, we're I don't know if we're <laughs> going to get through this, but. Um, it refers collectively, mental illness refers collectively, according to this article, to all diagnosable mental disorders. Now, I have a little issue with mental, with the term disorder, but we'll get to that. Um, and it says that these involve significant changes in thinking, emotion, and or behavior, distress, and or problems functioning in social work or family activities. And again, I, I my pushback is this. Who's... Who's objectively saying which? what's normal? Yeah. You know, don't you think that even what may be normal in this uh, region of the country would not be normal in another region of the country or even the world? It says that mental health can be influenced by physical health. Now, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that, James. Mental health can be influenced by physical health. There is, there is a mind-body connection that is actually that's part of a biblical worldview, that God created us body and soul. Yeah. Uh, mental illness is a medical—reiterate that again, hit it again—mental illness is a medical condition, just like heart disease or diabetes. And here's my pushback. Just, just listen. Here's my concern can you unequivocally diagnose heart disease yes yes can you take yeah. blood tests and unequivocally diagnose diabetes yes when you look at what is known as the diagnostical and statistical diagnostic and statistical manual which they've had 5 editions so far and continue to work on the others What the criteria they use, their standards of diagnosing these things are not pathological. It's not a a medical, a scientific pathology. It's very subjective. Mm -hmm. It's very up and down. And it changes every time. So to equate the two, heart disease, diabetes, and some of the mental illnesses, as they say, hmm. I I I just I, I, I want you to think about that critically. They they had this line too. Three-fourths of all mental illness begins by age twenty-four. I thought that was just an interesting thing. I just hmm, I wonder why. Uh don't don't have a an opinion on why. I just I just that's that's interesting to me. Um it has a section here about diagnosis diagnosis. If that depressed mood, talking about depression continues to cause distress or gets in the way of normal functioning, the person may benefit from professional care. Biblical worldview. Biblical worldview. Does the Bible say that I have given you all of the things pertaining to life and godliness unless you need professional care? Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm not trying to sound like a raging fundamentalist here. But I think part of the problem the church has had is not operating like the church. Yeah. And part of the reason why people have had to go to what they deem professionals is because the church has really dropped the ball. Yeah. Because God has given us his word, God has given us the Holy Spirit, and God has given us the church. And yeah. James, we and you just had a conversation recording for another podcast about the one another's. Imagine if those one another's were being practiced with people.
0: Yeah. And the very next statement in this article says family or friends may recognize changes or problems that a person doesn't see in themselves. And the pushback that I would say on this as a positive of this is for me personally, eight years ago when I came back to North Carolina and I was looking for work and providing for my family, I went and got a job at play working for a buddy of ours named Matt Faggart and uh, Matt uh, looked at me and he said in my interview, he said, "Man, he said you're you're not the same. You're you're not the same energetic, um, you know, perky James that I'm used to being around." But he thought maybe you're just getting older. You know, you calm down a little bit. Um, and then my wife started noticing some things, and she said, "James, you you probably need to go and get some things looked at." And so I went to a doctor, and come to find out, they diagnosed me with sleep apnea. And so because I was diagnosed with a medical condition of sleep apnea. Uh, which I stopped breathing, uh, I think it was 145 times in two hours. Uh, They pronounced people dead in the hospital with the oxygen levels that I had because it was verifiable, there was tests that could be taken. But why was this even noticed? Because friends and family noticed that was something different with me. I came in, I didn't even tell Matt that I had got on a sleep machine. I came in after using it for a couple of days, came into work, and he's like, dude, the old James is back what's going on? Like you've got energy, you're, you're, you're crazy. You're, you're excited to be around life again. Why is this? Hey, I was diagnosed with sleep apnea thing that changed my life. And it was because family and friends noticed something. And then I went to the doctor and they were able to verify something that in my life that needed changed. And it was a very, very great thing. Uh, But it was because again, there were some people that around me that cared for me, that loved me. Going back to the church, going back to what you just said, people that are around that love and care for me, noticed some things that were different and said, hey, we may need to get some things looked at.
1: Yeah, 100%. In fact, um, the next thing it says that I was I was going to agree with was depressive symptoms can relate to a thyroid condition. Absolutely, it can. Yeah. Therefore, a mental health diagnosis often involves a full health evaluation, including a physical exam that may include blood work and or neurological tests. I 100% agree with this. Yeah. But be careful about saying that because that happens, you have the mental illness. No, what's actually going on is you have a medical pathology and a medical illness going on that affects the mind body soul connection. Yeah. It, the body is affecting your soul, your mental state.
0: And I don't right? know if you read, this, I don't know if you read the sentence, but I think the first part of that sentence was great. Some mental illnesses can relate or mimic a men- medical condition. Yeah, and by mimicking it. There needs to be a diagnosis to see is there a m- actual medical condition that is involving here that is saying hey I got to get this thing checked out
1: and and Dr Charles Hodges actually gives us a list of of uh, possible things that where you have a legitimate medical condition yeah that is affecting your your mood or your mental state he gives here and you know what, what's the first one he says it's sleep apnea it's sleep apnea you have to have. Listen the way God created your bodies we have to have at least 2 hours of rem sleep. Rapid eye movement sleep is that deep sleep that recharges you. That gets you going. And if you're not getting rem sleep at all, you may be sleeping but I had a I actually had a physician a doctor tell me because I have sleep apnea as well and I had James encourage me to go get tested. John,
0: John doesn't John doesn't treat it because he's a he he's not the smartest Tool in the shed, yeah. And so I he struggle with the CPAP machine. machine,
1: but um, but I, I, I did the same thing. And he explained this my medical doctor explained to me. He said, If you're not never getting to REM sleep, you may sleep all through the night, but it, you're going to feel like the next day, like you did an all nighter because mm. that's how important REM sleep is to you, it's as if you stayed yeah. up the whole time. Um, so sleep apnea is one that can affect your mental state because if you are not getting sleep, you can become irritable. You can become your, – your mood can be depressive. Uh, a, a disorder called Cushing's disorder, um, a medical condition yeah. called lupus, um, uh, hyperthyroidism. Uh, these are all different uh, medical situations that actually have been proven that they affect your mental state. Your your mood. Okay. Um, and friend friends and
0: Go ahead. You're breaking up a little who bit, Jason. What was that? You're breaking up a little bit. Say that again. Oh yeah. So and these are things that friends and family, my internet's going weird today. These are things that are that are noticeable by friends and family. And if we've got a close relationship with the church, with friends and family, they're going to be noticing some things that may not be right in our body, that may not be right in who we are, and can refer us to someone who can help us. And then that person can say, hey, you may need to go and see a professional. You may need to go see your medical doctor about this to to get this thing under control. They may uh, be able to diagnose it a little bit better um, in your area and in your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: this next sentence I wanted to talk about, and uh, uh, Charles Hodges addresses as well in another article that he wrote on mental illness and compassion. Um, it says, The stigma around mental illness and treatment prevents many people from seeking needed treatment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't disagree with that. In fact, Charles Hodges addresses the subject as it is as it pertains to the church, and he writes this. Dr. Charles Hodges, he, sa- he says, The central thought... Is that the church as a whole stigmatizes those who have been diagnosed or labeled with mental illness as defined by the DSM? We are told that a smaller part of the church wants to ascribe all such labels as uh, to the sin of the struggler. And I, so, I want to address these two because I, I agree with that. I think that the there is a problem with the stigma of this. A stigma is sort of like a a uh, marker, marker, identifying marker that uh, can sort of embarrass, sort of like the scarlet letter of the mm-hmm. old uh, novel um, and it stigmatizes someone. And I agree, that's a problem. Now, here's where I'm going to give some pushback to the secular uh, mental health community, and that is this. They need to own up to their own problem of stigmatizing this. Now, mm-hmm. after I say that, let me go back to the church. The church has got to do better as well. Right. The church, yes. And James, me and you especially in the backgrounds that we've come from out of fundamentalism, have seen how the church has stigmatized this and done very, very a whole lot of damage in this area. But I think that while the church needs to work at this, and has been, I also think the medical community, or the the mental health community, actually, uh, uh, psychiatry, psychology, that world, does it as well. I think it stigmatizes. When you put the label Mm -hmm. of disorder on someone, you have just stigmatized them because now you have labeled them. There's something wrong with them. Right, exactly. And I think that's a problem. 100% agree. I think that's a problem. I'm not big. I do not like psychological labels, and I'll tell you why. The reason I don't like psychological labels is twofold. The reason I don't like psycholo- psychological labels is because as a Christian with a biblical worldview, I believe it becomes an identity marker that now they are viewing their identity. I read this in a booklet I think is by our friend Christine Chapel, and uh, said, this, um, uh, said this that uh, – you know, it's interesting if they're trying to connect medical illness with mental illness, but yet how much mental illness has become so identity-identifying as, as opposed to someone who has a medical illness. For, for example, you never hear somebody say, I am cancer. Yeah. But have, have you ever heard somebody say that uh, I'm bipolar? Yeah. What have they just done? They've taken the medical diagnosis of bipolar disorder and made it their identity. That's number one reason. Number two reason, and we're going to wrap up today. The reason I don't like it is because of the term disorder. Because I believe that it it infringes upon the fact that you are created in God's image. And while, yes, we have a fallen, sinful nature, we have the effects of the fall and sin upon us— God can redeem that, and God can transform you, and you are not disordered. You're disordered in the right. fact of the fall has affected you, but that disorder is not a permanent label for you. For instance, an example is post-traumatic stress disorder. I think post-traumatic stress is real. I think people struggle with it. It is, it is what happens whenever you experience trauma. I do not believe it's a disorder disorder. Because I believe it is exactly how God created your brain to react to things that are products of the fall. So I push back against those two things. We're going to break from there. But I want to give you some—I hope that I'm coming across, and James is coming across today, with compassion. That we do we do have a heart, and we have a love for, and compassion for those who struggle mentally. And, and that we believe that the Bible provides— um, a sufficient
0: uh, hope and help for yeah. those that are struggling. And, and um, we want to give in the next episode some ways from First Thessalonians how we can do that. Um, yeah. And so come back next week, and we'll talk through that. And I hope it can be a help to you. Uh, but until next time, guys, to God be the glory. Found my new name, found that good grace. Found that healing, and the tears fell down my face when I found my beginning, that has no ending. Found that second chance, found my best friend, found my forgiveness, found my happiness. I've been singing ever since I found my freedom. In you.
1: Thanks for listening to the For Freedom Podcast. If you enjoyed the content of the podcast, please do us a favor by liking, subscribing, or sharing the podcast on whatever podcast platform you listen to.